Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. My name is Tim Wright, and I want to welcome you once again to the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And I'm here, as always, along with my good friend, Dr. Michael Gurian. Michael, welcome to The Wonder of Parenting. Thank you. Glad to be here. We were just saying offline that um, we're just two old guys talking about parenting, and that maybe we should rebrand the show, Two Old Guys Talking About Parenting. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't sound quite as sexy, does it? No. <laughs> uh, so uh, today we are uh, getting back to listener questions, and um, we've got a, a really good one that I think a number of you parents are going to resonate, uh, re- resonate, <laughs> resonate with. Uh, it's okay, I'm in public speaking. And uh, uh, before we dive into that question, however, I want to let you know how you can get a question to us. Uh, we have a, a website. It's called wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And there you will notice uh, a submission form where you can write the question to us and submit it to us. And that goes directly to Michael, and he passes it on to me, and I put it in the queue. And uh, then we get to it as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, Also on that website is a link to our sponsors who make it possible for us to come to you free of charge week after week. And that's our good friends up in the Seattle area, A Place of Hope. And uh, the center there with with Greg Jantz do some really, really good work. And and if you haven't checked them out yet, it's worth going on to the website just to see the number of books that, that Greg has written on various issues that we all deal with. And they're such good practical books. And I encourage you to go and, and check them out as a way of saying thanks uh, for their sponsorship. And also there are links to the resources Michael and I have created. And uh, again, a reference to our uh Facebook page where some really nice stuff is happening uh, as you all share your insights with each other. So the the question that we have for today is a little longer. I'm not going to read all of it, but it's an important one. And what I appreciate is that uh, as people are sending their questions, they're giving us a bit more detail. And that helps us answer the question a little better. And as always, when we answer these questions, we use the question as a starting point uh, and then broaden it out so that even though it's specific to this writer, we want to make sure the podcast is general enough that all of us can learn something. And um, so this is uh, the question has to do with typical behavior for a nine-year-old boy, and it's a question mark. And um, so she writes and says, this is a mom writing, uh, we are a family of four. My husband and I have been married for 19 years. Congratulations. Both of us employed. We have our nine-year-old son and a six-year-old little girl. Our family's pretty typical. Often say we are boring and joke that our family is as close to the Huxtables as any real-life family ever was. Now, let me just pause there, Michael. It's interesting when you think we've been here long enough to know that back in our day, people would have compared themselves to the Leave it to Beaver family, the Cleavers, and then you've got the Huxtables, and now probably it's modern family uh, in this era. And uh, and how how iconic families in TV still uh, resonate with people because family is so important, and that's why Mm -hmm. people listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get along well. This is all significant to mention because... 
we have a nine-year-old who has uh, issues managing his emotions at school. Since preschool around three and a half, our nine-year-old son's teachers have expressed concern for intermittent emotional meltdowns at school. As a preschool-aged child, the meltdowns would involve lots of screaming and crying. We generally chalked it up to the fact that he was three and a half or four or five. Now the meltdowns involve less screaming and more crying and stomping off. Recently, he apparently crawled under a desk and cried until his teacher coaxed him out from under the desk. The triggers for the meltdowns have been all over the map. Sometimes he's been unwilling to transition from one task to another at school. Sometimes there's been conflict with another child. Recently, he was seeing images of slavery in a textbook. He has seen similar images in museums and or on TV and has never reacted in such a way. We cannot pinpoint one specific issue that seems to cause the distress. He's in fourth grade. School's been in session for almost a month now, so this was written a little bit ago, and he's had two episodes. Um, He has never exhibited difficulty managing emotions at home. I mentioned our family dynamic because we're always asked, is there anything going on at home? And the answer is no. And this is what makes this particular question, I think, really Mm -hmm. interesting. Usually we would see that behavior at home. So something is being triggered at school for this little boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, to the best of your ability, Michael, I know you haven't sat with them, you haven't talked to them. Let's let's kind of talk about this because I'm sure there are other parents who've had similar situations with their kids. Yeah, this is really fascinating. I think, I think, um, I don't know if she wants her name mentioned, but I thank her for sending this. The and you're right. The most intriguing, one of the most intriguing things is that it's not happening at home. It happens at school. And as I read through the whole thing, and there is more here. It's just very long. Um, there's more about uh, about the the home being calm for him and the school triggering, and it that has gotten me to thinking a few things. So I'm going to offer a few things and see if these are these make sense, and then. Also, I do want to say, I never want to forget to say that if a parent listening to this feels like, mm, I still didn't get enough, um, make sure to go to a counselor, you know, make sure to get some yes. professional help in your community because we're, we're uh, just over a podcast. But um, I think he might be prone to some kind of overstim that mm. happens at the school, overstimulation that happens at the school that is not per se anyone's fault. It's just that that he's already wired. So his genes are already going to be wired for tantrums. And we use the word tantrums for these things, and it's kind of a negative thing, right? I mean, it doesn't sound good, tantrums. Um, but in the, in the brain, it's, it's, um, some people are wired for them, and they have a hair trigger, uh, especially when they get stressed or overstimulated, and they, they you know, flash and then, um, uh, not surprising, they'd go under a desk or something because he's feeling so overstimulated. He can't control it, right? His amygdala has swollen up so much with so much blood flow, amygdala being this uh, emotion center of the brain, also anger, aggression, even worry. It's a lot of emotions in that center. And it swells up, and uh, his brain has to calm it down. So at his age now... Uh, well, he'll always have this hair trigger, probably. He'll always have something like these meltdowns, probably, because I think it's in his genes. And I'm thinking someone else in the family has this. Um, uh, mom and dad say everything's very calm, but so if it's not them, grandparent or uncle, I think aunt, somewhere it came through the genes. So he's set up this way, and then, but it doesn't happen at home. So he has to get stressed and overstimulated in some way. 
And so that's why I think the school environment with all the kids in the school and all of what's going on and all the transitions, quick transitions, um, and wherever he is in the hierarchy, whether he's low in the hierarchy, uh, in his in his tribe there at school, what, all of those things, whatever they are, I think they overstim him. And then, um, and at home, he's only got four people, sister, himself, mom, dad, uh, not as overstimulating. They probably create an environment that's not too overstimulating for him at home. So my first suspicion is that it's overstim and that that's a place to start talking to teachers to try to figure out, um, uh, to maybe help focus on when, what, what, what happens. Now, she said it could be a picture of slavery, it could be anything, and I hear her, and that may well be. And if they look for overstim now, they can maybe study it a little better. It's also possible that his school, you know, his teacher or the school system, that they're not quite set up for him, that they don't, uh, they don't quite understand this boy, you know. Um, I, I don't know that. And and that may not be true, but sometimes we see guys acting out because they're you know they're they're forced to sit still all day, right? You and I've talked about this elsewhere. They're forced to sit still. This guy can't do that. Um, they're it's death by worksheet. He's just given worksheet after worksheet, you know, and it's just not a not a good way for anyone to learn, especially males. So there could be that. Uh, so I I would look in in those two directions. Uh, the third thing I'll say is that. She asked if it's normal. I yes, I think it is normal for kids who are built this way, with with whatever are these you know these genes the way he's set up. I think it is normal uh, for this child. I I think he's going to gradually develop the executive functioning to to um, not cry and stomp like this. And if by ten or eleven, when puberty starts or pre-puberty, if he's if this is still worrying the parents, uh, I think they sh- you know should definitely see someone and see someone locally and ask that person about it, S- a psychiatrist, therapist, you know, counselor who understands boys, and ask them about it. But it's not it's not absolutely outside the range of normal for a nine year old to to have two tantrums a month in an environment where he is uh, where his brain is overstimulated. Did that make sense? Yes, I, I think that's really interesting, and of course, we don't know for sure that that's the issue with this young boy, but it could be. It's at least a starting point for these parents to begin to ask those questions. So if that's the case, let, let's just say we've got a, a child who's overstimulated by things. What are what are some of the, the things that they would look for, maybe even in the home where they're seeing this, but they're not seeing it because it doesn't show itself the way it does at school. Does that make sense? I would guess that in some ways, something might be happening in the home where he's reacting in a way that seems calmer, but it might still be there. Is that possible? Oh, um, gosh, yeah, anything's possible. You mean that he would be having like mini meltdowns, but they just don't seem like meltdowns? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I don't see why not. I mean, that would be very interesting for them to ask each other and see. He's. I mean, he's got to, in this email, it is true that it's described as the home, perfect, the school is where problems are. So right. you're right. There's probably nuance. And maybe, you know, and, and uh, as she's writing this email, she's writing this email and there's no way for her to include everything. And so so that may well be happening at home. Um, and there's kind of more mini meltdowns. They seem more normal at home. So yeah, that's very possible. Uh, as as she and they study this, uh, 
and really look at how the buildup happens for him because I think that's what they're going to do. So both in the home, if he has many meltdowns, they need to track. And at the school where he has more major meltdowns, they ought to, I think, track the buildup and see uh, and maybe get you know get the teachers involved, get get talk to everyone about this, and and get them all involved. They all, all love him and care about him. They, the teachers like him. She said, you know, it's they like him. He just has these things that happen. So so get them all involved in in trying to find a pattern. Um, uh, because I, if it's over stim, I just think there will be a pattern. I think it'll it'll be happening at certain time of day. It uh, Maybe it happens, uh, okay, I, I don't have any information about this, but I'm going to go from another case I had like 20 years ago where the guy would, would throw the tantrums and it would always be after eating, like I was all cereal breakfast, you know, mm-hmm. and then would, so nothing good there. Uh, all that does is just speed up the whole system. And then he was required to sit down for math. So they would have math. That was the first period. Nothing physical, math. They would sit down for math, and they would go to language arts. And he would, before lunch, you know, be he would have a um, uh, not every day, but he, that's when his hair trigger would happen. And so we started looking at that. We started looking at okay, what's he eating? He's not really getting the right foods. And then it's happening an hour before lunch. So maybe hypoglycemia, right? Where he he really needed protein, and and some diet change could help him. And so, you know, they gave him protein. Um, and for folks who don't know, hypoglycemia is where you need protein and you just, you can just get enraged if you don't eat or have protein. And it's simply biochemical. Um, uh, so that was a pattern, right? And then they could fix that pattern. They, they fixed the way, what he was given to eat. So whatever the pattern is, maybe this guy's going to three straight periods where he's sitting still, um, maybe that's the pattern. I, I, I think it's good to try to find a pattern if this is some kind of you know, overstimulation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So if, if he's overstimulated um, and, and there's, there's a pattern to it, obviously they can begin to speak to the pattern and break the pattern a little bit. But are there some things that they can do even at home to begin to prepare him for his day? Um, I know once they know the pattern, that may help in terms of what foods they feed him and so on. But what are some things at home that they could look for, some things at home they could do to uh, just sort of help him before he goes to his school day to be prepared for that and for possible overstimulation? Are there things, practical mm. things they can do? Yeah, I, I think, you know, feed him the right foods actually is one. Just make sure he's well prepared. Uh, I talk to him, talk to him both pre and post, like talk to him about 
what's going on. He's nine now. And, you know, maybe take him for a walk to talk to him, whatever works, to get him to try to uh, um, have self-awareness and explain what's going on inside his own head and inside his brain when it happens. Like, do you, like son, do you feel, can you feel it coming on? And, and um, when you feel it coming on, what, what does it do? Do you try to do anything or is it just a take you over? You know, that, that kind of a conversation so that they can gradually uh, be saying to him, Okay, now here's here's something you could do when you feel it coming on. What you could do is you could just walk over to the side of the room or you could you could say I need to go to the bathroom and then you could leave that room um and and go to the bathroom or whatever is a system set up. So to teach him try to teach him a skill so he can get himself out of whatever that situation is when he feels it coming on. Um you know, that's going to take a lot of time for him because he's obviously overwhelmed, but if they haven't started that sort of conversation, I would start it um, so that gradually over the next year or two, he can he can be self-managing and self-regulating and figuring out what tr- what triggers him. Uh, because there isn't, I don't know of, you may, but I don't know of something they can do, you know, every morning that's going to that's gonna make it so he won't have a meltdown at school. I, I don't know of anything except to just have the yeah, conversation. Yeah, no, I, I guess I was just sort of, I think what you're saying is, is right. It's it's just sort of preparing him for the day yeah. and talking about it. And, and uh, look, if these things happen, here's some strategies we've worked out with your teacher, so on and so forth, uh, is, is what yeah. I was getting and at. Post. And if, post. And yes, post. Every time it happens, right. they need to talk to him about it. <laughs> you know. Okay, so, and I think they are. I mean, they're obviously really great parents. Yep. So got to be part of his his journey, his conversation, this this. This weakness in him, right? I mean, it, it is a weakness, let's say, in in socialization and in the public. And her worry at the end of this, she's worried that he's going to be made fun of a lot for this in the future, right? right? Yes. And so, and, and you know, that's real because any behavior that sticks out, um, the 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 adolescent community <laughs> tries to alter, right? I mean that is that is at the primal level what adolescents are doing with each other. We don't like that they make fun of each other and put each other down down and and pick at each other and all of that. But what the, and we try to caution them not to do that. But what they are doing is they are finding weakness in each human being, and they're trying to. Um, help the person to not be weak and this is a weakness for him and so i think she's right that his that certain people are going to um come down on him for this and so it's great that at nine they're going to you know get the pre and post conversation so that when it happens then for a while he won't want to talk about it of course because he's embarrassed and so on but at a certain point whoever's best with him mom dad grandpa whoever it is you know needs to take him out take him out for ice cream and talk to him about it and say, okay, now, you know, and, and I, if, if it could be the person who was like this when he or she was nine, that would be great because that person will have figured this out and um, will have lived inside the skin of this and figured this out. And I do believe there is someone in this family who was like this at nine and so if that person's available, great. That person is the one that he talks to. If not, um, you know, that if anyone that he trusts will talk to him about this and help him to understand it after it happens. And I would say you want to do pre and post, you know, every time. So that's only really two times a month, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, that, that should help him over the next year or two to get to where he can, you know, 
get that connectivity up to the top of his brain, his frontal lobe, so that he can so that he can go, I have to go to the bathroom, you know, so that he doesn't melt down. He just develops a skill to go somewhere else. Now, you, you've already uh, hinted at this a little bit, but I want you to imagine that you're sitting across from that boy or you're out on a walk with that boy. And as a therapist, what kinds of questions would you ask him? Well, I ask him those questions. Okay, when it happens, do you remember it? What do you remember okay. about it? Because, you know, you get in kind of an altered state when you get enraged, when you have a, a meltdown. You're, you're sort of in an altered state. So I'm trying to figure out what do you remember about it? Um, uh, d- d- what did it feel like? Uh, and sometimes with a nine-year-old, you have to fill it in. Like Mrs. So and So, your teacher said you got really angry. Did you get really angry? You know, and then, um, uh, well, yeah, I, I, I got angry. And um, do you know why you got angry? Um, I don't know. Or, or, or I, I do know. She said some mean thing to me. You know, whatever it is. Or, or Jane over here said some mean thing to me. It's great if he knows. If he doesn't know, we just keep. I keep asking, and I circle away and come back, you know. Um, what uh, uh, what are you liking? Now, as a therapist, I, I don't live with him, so I don't know him, you know, too well. So I'll, I'll circle away, and I'll go, what, what what video game are you liking? Or, he's nine, I hope he's not playing a lot of video games yet. What, uh, uh, you know, what book are you reading? And we circle away to that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we come back. Oh, that's a, that's a good book. Yeah, tell me more about that, you know. And then I'm we come back, we circle back um, uh, to... So, so you were, were you pretty angry? And by this time, you know, he's like, yeah, I guess I was pretty angry. And um, uh, did your hands shake? You know, so we're asking him questions to try to get him in tune with what happened in his body. Uh, did your hands shake? Did you want to slam your fist on the table? When you, or when you slammed your fist on the table, did, did, did you see that other people were scared? You know, so these are all the, all, I would ask all the same questions that anyone he trusts would ask him to try to get him in touch with what happened in his body, what happened in his brain, what, what he thinks caused it, which he may not be able to isolate. And, uh, and then at a certain point we'll get to, okay, so when this happens again, you know, what should you do? What do you think you should do? Uh, is there a way for you to walk away? Is there a way, you know, is there a way for you to say anything? Or can you not say anything right then? And generally a nine-year-old boy will say, I can't say anything right then. Or if he's a talker, he'll say, yeah, I could yell at people, you know, which will say, okay, that's not, that's not the behavior we're looking for. Um, uh, uh, he, he probably, we're going to try to get him, I'm going to try to get him to be able to say, I'm really angry right now, I have to go out of the room. So that's the skill I'm going to try to get him to do, and and then I'm going to try to get his teachers in his community to allow that for him. Um, but it's going to take a long time for him to be able to do that. So, uh, but I'm going to be feeding him that to try to get him to to develop a self a, a behavior that's functional, and words that are functional that get him out of the situation where he'll keep being overstimulated. Because we want to remember, and I'll explain this to this kid. Remember, it starts, and once it starts, you feed it yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You get angry. Then someone else, of course, is going to get scared or angry at you. They're going to respond. That's going to feed your anger more, right? And then they're going to respond, and then that's going to feed your anger more. So it feeds itself. And what we want it to do is we want the person to kind of isolate over here, take care of it over here, 
if you need to slam the floor with your fist, fine, slam the floor with your fist, not going to hurt anything, and and try for it not to ruin the social situation. Um, that's what I'm ultimately trying to help him with at nine. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So uh, I'm gonna, two questions, and I'll try to remember both of them if you don't get them both at the same okay. time. Um, what's the difference between what we're talking about here and, say, something like ADD or ADHD? And uh, as a parent of a, or a grandparent of five kids, all of whom have some different things that I'm always, you know, want to make sure that they're they're being all they can be. Are there some diagnostic tools that a behavioral therapist might be able to provide to make sure that their diet is okay or that everything is functioning well in the brain? So ADHD first, and then might there be some tools that these parents can seek out? Okay. Um, This this boy, there was no mention in this email, and it was a long email, and there's no mention of ADD, ADHD. And so I am going to guess not on this guy because I'm going to guess teachers or principals or or school counselors, you know, who who must have been called at some point around this guy uh, to help. No one has mentioned it, so I'm going to guess he does not have that. Uh, it's just based on this email. Could could another nine year old boy who has meltdowns have ADD ADHD? Absolutely, because overstim is a part of that um, that brain disorder. So, uh, especially depending on which kind the kid has, right? There are seven or eight kinds of ADD. So, um, so yes, that could be the case. In this case, I don't think so. And then, in terms of diagnostic, yes, I, I absolutely think if the parents are worried. They ought to go see a behavioral therapist. They ought to go see someone um, and, and see someone who, a counselor, see someone who understands boys. And I just so think that's so important for folks. I can't say that enough. If you have a, a, a son and you're looking for counseling, you know, I beg you to not just go to anyone. Make sure that person works with and understands males because a lot of therapists don't. And it's nothing wrong with them. They just don't get training in males, and they just sort of think of everyone as the same. Uh, and they use a theory, like dialectical, you know, whatever it is their theory, they use that theory with everyone. Uh, but young males are young males, and we we need someone who has both those theories and knows how to work with young males. So seek someone who knows guys, and um, and then that person will have protocols in place. We'll ask questions, and then if that person is a counselor and thinks, well, let's get him, you know, neuropsych batteries or something like that, they'll set help set that up, which would be more with a psychiatrist. Um, so yes, yes, there are absolutely ways to do it. 
So to the mom, the family that uh, sent in this question, thank you very, very much. And I hope that that gives you at least a starting point, something to talk about and uh, some things to look at. And for all of us who had a chance to listen into Michael's answers today, again, whether it's our kids are having meltdowns at school or they're struggling with other things, um, it, it's always good to just connect with the teachers, to have conversations, to try to figure out what's going on, what they're seeing, what we're seeing, to get the child's involvement. And, um, you know, our kids are precious to us. And so, you know, to, to seek out therapies and, and to seek out counselors, is uh, not a sign of uh, weakness at all. It is a sign of strength that, that we're, we're going to fight this thing. And, and uh, I'm grateful that I've got uh, uh, good resources here that I was able to use when my kids were going through tough stuff. And my kids now are wise enough to know if their kids are going through it that they're going to they're gonna seek help. And that's what we want to do. We want to give them as much health as we can. And uh, Dr. Michael Green is here to help us with that. And so, Michael, we sure appreciate your answers today. Oh, thanks, Tim. Thanks for your questions. You always ask the right questions. You're great. (laughs) Uh, And uh, we're going to be back next week. We'll have another listener question. And as always, please tell your friends about Wonder of Parenting. And if you haven't gone on to the app to rate the show, we'd sure appreciate that. The, The more ratings we get, the more people who tend to listen. And uh, check out our our, podcast. wonderofparenting.com as well for all the information about episodes and resources and how to submit your questions. Thanks again, Michael. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, thanks everyone, for listening. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.